happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on a special video edition of Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us each and every Friday. We are so honored today um, to be joined by our NEA president, Becky Pringle. Thank you so much for taking time to visit with us, President Pringle. We are are absolutely honored and excited to have you here today. It is so good to be with you, uh, Carrie and Catherine. I can't think of a better way to spend my Friday. Oh, that made our Friday. Yes. Well, we we wanted to talk to you about um, public student loan forgiveness. It's an issue that affects um, educators. Public service loan forgiveness. I'm sorry, however, yeah, I misspoke. Thank you, Catherine. Yes, <laughs> how an issue that affects, you know, our NEA members across the country, you know, and in, including Oklahomans um, here in our state. Um, and there have been major strides that have, have happened recently. And so we wanted to talk to you about that sort of on a national scale. Can you give us sort of a big picture of what what these programs are, what were some barriers that members were facing across the country? So as I said, it's so good to be with you. Uh, I I love joining you on the podcast. I hope, uh, Madam President, that I'll get to join you live and in person in Oklahoma soon. So I'll be fabulous. I know, because you have some pretty phenomenal members there in Oklahoma, as you very well know, right? I'm always reaching out and asking for help, whether it's special education, uh, our our educators doing incredible work, whether it is for the rights of our students and funding, uh, investing in our public schools, or whether it's fighting for educators' rights. Um, OEA has been extraordinary. And so we always are reaching there uh, into your state asking you for voices and stories. And this is a good example of where we know that members in Oklahoma absolutely were suffering from a broken system. So let me start from the beginning. You know, we worked very hard years ago as we talked about the concerns that we had in public education of uh, students making the decision to go into education yep. and stay in education, by the way, because we knew that so many of our students who were studying uh, in college to become teachers and, and other educators as well were struggling under this mountain of debt. As we know, the cost to go to higher education, go get, to get a degree now is 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 so overbearing. And, and so we found more and more students who were taking out loans. And then they were graduating and there was no way they could pay off these loans. Now, I'm not sure about you, Catherine, but when I went, when I when I became a, a science teacher um, over many many thirty, I'm not going to tell you years ago, um, you know, I, I I didn't do it because I thought I was going to make a lot of money. So we know that our 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 teachers and certainly our support staff are not making a lot of money, but they thought they could graduate and become a teacher and be able to pay off their loans, right? And that wasn't happening. 
And so over, over a decade ago, NEA uh, took on that challenge and we worked with the federal government and we were able to get in place uh, what we call uh, public, public service loan forgiveness program. And that program was built around uh, forgiving loans for people who in public service, including our own, our own members, who if they uh, uh, agreed to and fulfilled that agreement, to work for 10 years that their that their loans would be forgiven and there were some you know uh, caveats to that and all of that built into the program okay. so this was passed and um then in 2017 that would that became the first year where those loans should have been should have been forgiven right and then 2017 hit it is a program that's that is um uh managed through the part department of education and I think we all know who was the Secretary of Education in 2017, one Betsy DeVos. She had no intention of fighting for these people who had dedicated their lives to public service, uh, having their loans forgiven. And so the Department of Education, instead of actually being uh, that entity that helped our members uh, get their loans forgiven, they actually put up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. If, if our members missed one payment, then they started back from the beginning. If they missed two payments and they were totally disqualified from the program, if the, the red tape, uh, the actual uh, processing of the loans was so incredibly overbearing that you know what it ended up happening? Our members just weren't applying for it. They weren't applying for the forgiveness. They were promised. And so all of that happened during those, those years. And, and we're so excited about partnering with the Department of Education, working directly with Secretary Cardona to remove those barriers. So right now, Catherine, right now, tens of thousands of our members have seen their loans forgiven or reduce significantly, uh, and we uh, are still working on ensuring that the temporary, and I do wanna emphasize that the temporary forgive, um, window that our members have to apply from now until October, 2022, uh, that we continue to work on fixing this program. Yeah, I, I have heard stories after stories of um, educators that are, are part of the public service loan forgiveness program, and they got denied because they didn't cross a T or dot a I. They used blue ink and not black ink. I mean, it was just, it was horrendous what was happening. And to know, or they said that they'd been accepted and they got to the end of their 10 years, they had paid every loan, every payment on time for 10 years, and then they were told they didn't do something right. And, and I'm trying to remember, uh, Becky, I forgot how many, uh, like in 17, 18, how many, the small amount that were approved were, it was tiny. 98% were yeah. not. Yeah. Oh my word. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, they, there was a, it, it really was an orchestrated effort to make sure that these loans were, were not approved. I mean, so much so, so Catherine, you, you talked about just dotting I's and crossing, crossing T's. I mean, these are the kinds of heartbreaking stories we heard where there were actually members who paid the entire amount. And when they came to their last payment, they actually overpaid by a couple of dollars. And it was that payment was disqualified because they made they paid too much. They didn't pay the exact amount, but it was too much. 
I, I know. I mean, you just your your mind is being blown by what happened. It was a deliberate attempt. That's what it was. We know what it was. Yeah. Um. And so those are the kinds of things that we're with that 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 we have fixed. Um, uh, but we still we still have work to do to make sure that this country honestly lives up to its promise. Yeah. When I think about that, uh, you know, especially ten years in, it puts you at a crossroads of, do I continue in a, in a profession that I care about and have spent a decade in, or do I have to leave because now I don't have a financial choice to stay? Like, I mean, just when you think about that, I mean, it is this crack and intentional breaking of the teacher pipeline of, I mean, it just hurts my heart. I just can't, I mean, I can't imagine. And I've, I, I couldn't remember the percentage. I knew it was single digits, but I mean, it's mind blowing, 98%. It's mind blowing. And guess what, Carrie? It's not just, because that's a problem. And we, we get, that's a whole nother podcast to talk about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, teacher shortage and, right, right. and all that's been happening, because we all know that, so this is, that's not right. new. Um, but certainly how the pandemic has exacerbated that problem. So this did not help, right? But guess what? The, I mean, the kinds of letters and the kinds of stories we were putting in front of the secretary were, were not only that, but also those teachers who had spent their lives educating students in Oklahoma and all throughout this entire country, and they couldn't retire. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't retire because they had over $100,000 worth of debt. So it's at both ends of that, that pipeline. Yeah, I just, you know, Becky, you, told, you talked a little bit about yourself and I graduated in 1991. And because I had to quit the job that I was working to finish up my last year and a half so I could get it done and do my student teaching, I had to take out student loans. And I cannot tell you how long, and, and, and my loans were not significant, but knowing what I made as an interior teacher in, you know, in my early careers, it took for, I felt like forever just to get that small amount. And, and I will tell you, I, tuition has increased since 1991. You know, my daughter just graduated last year with her degree and is just, um, and, and, and knowing that Oklahoma teachers are coming into this profession and our base salary at the beginning of first year teacher is $36,601. Oh my gosh. And, and we're just trying to keep a roof over our heads and, you know, be the good citizens we are and pay our bills and take care of our families. And so, and it, it, we are a service. We have to understand educators are a service and this is a way to reward their service and help pay off um, any outstanding debt that they have. And that's the cool thing about this, right, Becky? Am I understanding right? Once they get to that 10 years and whatever is remaining is forgiven. They've been, they've done their due diligence. They've stayed on track. They have paid the 10 years, their payments for 10 years. And then the remaining amount is forgiven. That's exactly right. And that's how it was set up. And what we're doing with this waiver right now, as you know, we, one of the things we fought really hard to get and the administrator, the administration supported us in that is that right in the middle of the pandemic, Catherine, uh, we had gotten a pause in the payments for, uh, for yeah. uh, student loans. And then right in the middle of the pandemic, they were gonna unpause. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's right, I remember it's, that. Right, right, right. So we yeah. got them to agree to, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. we're not done yet with this. Right, we're not done crisis. yet. So we got that done, but we knew we had to, and, and that gave us a little bit of time to work on the program itself. Um, and and it, it was, I mean, we what we were able to do, uh, and ultimately we're talking about billions with a B, billions of dollars being saved by those people, our members, but also other public service workers um, will save because of because of this program. Um, but as I said, it is really really important, and I, I this message is really I, I want your members to know this and and to know what to do. That uh, that October 2022 deadline may sound like oh that's next year, but yeah. it will happen really really quickly. Yeah. So yeah. please, whatever we can do to get that word out to work with us right now, because if, if there are any obstacles that we need to help remove for our members, we need to have time to be able to do that. But in the meantime, even between now and then, we are working with Secretary Cardona uh, to uh, to put in place more permanent fixes for uh, this program. But I just want to emphasize as much as I possibly can, uh, work with us now so that we can get uh, the forgiveness of the loan. And, and for many of hundreds, tens of thousands of our members, the loan was forgiven completely and instantly. For some, it was part of it, just depended on what their loan was. Um, part of it was forgiven. And by the way, let me just say to say something about that. It depends on who they got their, their loan from, and we have yeah. to work through all of that. Because you know who benefited during this time? Yeah, those loan providers made a lot mm -hmm. of money off yeah. of our members. Just billions of dollars off of our members. That's not okay. That is not okay. That people who could hardly put enough money together to put food on their tables. And you guys, you guys in Oklahoma were raising that light, right? Of, of our own teachers who were, whose students were on free and reduced, whose own students, uh, uh, student, children were on free and reduced lunch, um, living in cars, you know, renting their house out for B and B. We heard all those, so we know we know the reality of educators and 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 uh, teachers and ESB. Um, and for those private providers to be making money off of the backs of our educators, not okay, not okay. So we're working to correct that as well. So something that you that you mentioned, I I want you to talk about the the power of member voices. Because that was something these these stories that we've heard in the the past few years are I mean they just hurt your heart and talk about the importance of that collective voice in creating change because this was not change that was going to just happen on its own because people felt like being nice <laughs> this was this was a a united effort and a push that has been you know educator voices across the country together. Can you talk about that, the importance of that? Absolutely, Carrie, and it's so important on every level. So the individual voice and story is, is essential because you have to tell the story of that real teacher um, and that real family and the impact of this on them. Mm -hmm. And so those individual stories were 
so critical. It's one of the reasons why we reached out to you there in Oklahoma, because we wanted uh, your member voices to be front and center, to be able to tell those stories, right? So Secretary Cardona could understand it at that, at that level, but not just Secretary Cardona, because one of the things that the NEA realized at the start, you know, when you're fighting big money like that, you know, you've got to, or you have to use organized people. And so we knew that, you know, we're big, we're bad with the largest, largest labor union in this country, right? Um, but we also know that we needed partners. And so NEA led a coalition of over 200 organizations. And so our member voices were so important in them understanding why they needed to join us in this effort. We could not have done this by ourselves. And so all of those organizations come together, putting that pressure on and lifting up all of those voices. So the individual voices and stories were important, but then United, uh, Carrie, you know, we said NEA members yeah. did this. Over yeah. 200 letters and emails and calls uh, to the department and to uh, uh, Congress uh, men and women uh, absolutely put the pressure on them to say, this is not right. Yeah. And we have the power to do something about it and we are going to do it. I, I go back to your, we're gonna reclaim our schools. We're gonna, we're gonna reclaim our boys, sister. Yes, we will, we are. So what happens now? Because it sounds like there have been some big barriers knocked down, but that there's still work ahead. There is still work ahead. And, and it's one of the things that we want to make sure that our members are, are poised to do. Uh, right now, our focus is making sure as many members know about the program and, and apply. That's the most important thing that we need to do right now because we have that window, right? Um, but there are so many fundamental uh, challenges in the program that we are having conversations with the department about right now, making sure that the, the, the forgiveness that we put in place uh, from, from now until that October uh, deadline uh, not only gets extended, but is made permanent. And that's a, that's a, that's a heavier lift, right? So we need our members to, to, to know, and especially, and what's been, oh my goodness, it's been so heartwarming. It's, we get letters from uh, members and calls, folks in tears, just thanking us, just thanking us that we just changed their lives and the lives of their families. And so we know that we, and they say to us, Carrie, they actually say to us, you, uh, you, whatever, put me in coach, whatever you need me to say, <laughs> I will say it, I will tell them, I will testify, I will... So we, we, <laughs> we, we have a lot of believers uh, that we're going to be calling on. Um, and so we would ask you at OEA to, you know, to compile those stories because we need to make this permanent. The yeah. men and women who have dedicated their lives to educating America's students, they deserve this. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a, you're an educator and um, you, you haven't been a part of this, you didn't, didn't know about it, didn't realize you could be a part of it. They can jump in now. Is that correct? Or 
I may have my facts wrong there. No, absolutely. Um, and uh, what where I'm sending where I'm going to send them today um, is NEA MB. That's for member benefits who have been working hand in hand with NEA and with our Office of General Counsel, making sure that uh, we are are uh, interpreting the the program accurately and making sure that those members who qualify are getting the support they need. So we're working directly with NEA member benefits. So NEA MB slash savvy. That's S A V as in victory. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that way they can go directly there. We have people who walk them through L, the entire process, what they're eligible for, what the timelines are, what they need to do, and if they have any problems whatsoever, that we can work, work with them on that process so they can get uh, all the benefits of this program. And we've heard, I mean, we've heard from members who, who have taken advantage of that already in Oklahoma, who have been so... Check it out now before October. Yeah. This just brings joy to the season. You know, <laughs> yes. It is the season of giving. Of giving. Right? <laughs> yeah. And getting. Yes. <laughs> and our well, members will get this relief if they apply and we are there standing at the ready to help them. Well, we appreciate your time so much. President Pringle, we appreciate um, you bringing voices together, not just from Oklahoma, but across the country, because this is this is big deal stuff. So we appreciate it very much. That it is. Thank you, ladies, for all you do for our, our members and for our students for public education there in Oklahoma. Please continue to lift up your voices and, and all of the activism you've done on behalf of our, oh my goodness, our beautiful babies, right? <laughs>